He was tired of the same old thing over and over. And children of God, you got to get to that point where you're just tired. You're tired of seeing others get hurt. You're tired of seeing others living others living in depression, in sadness, in anger. You're tired. You tell the truth and shame the devil. You tell these lost souls the truth that they are made in the image and likeness of God. My name is Shaq. I hope you guys are wrapping up a beautiful 4th of July weekend for my friends here in America. And for those of you who are outside of the country, I hoped and prayed that a lot of you received the revelation that you were looking for, the breakthroughs that you were looking for. And if not, you know, I hope today this episode serves as that, as I bring to you with the title of the fearful servant. I know the title doesn't even sound too positive, but I promise, I promise it's going to be a very, very beautiful word. But before I get into it, I kind of want to open it up in prayer. So for those of you joining me, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father God, in your mighty holy name, I plead the blood of Jesus over this microphone. I plead the blood of Jesus over this vessel. I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of my listeners, Father God, I pray that you give us the daily bread, give us the revelation, give us more of your spirit, pour more of your spirit into this episode, Father God, pour more of your spirit into this podcast, Father God, let everyone know that you are the living water that will not be contained, that will not be stopped, allow us to receive this word, allow us to prepare our vessels for your word and your command and your wisdom, knowledge and understanding in your mighty holy name i pray so going into it guys episode 17 the faithful fearful excuse me servant so this episode came about um so me and the guys me and the guys the brotherhood uh my pastor and mentor included we were talking tonight and one of the things we talked about was reaching out to the youth more to draw them back into the faith. And my mentor made some very, very good talking uh, points about, you know, and he, we were all, for, well, first of all, we were all talking about the little kids. We were all talking about the children, the teenagers, the ones who were going to church, the ones who were doing what they needed to do, but they had, you know, fallen away from the faith. And my first inclination was to think that, well, these kids who fell away from the faith or they stopped going to church, I have a hunch that they didn't really understand the faith to begin with. I have a hunch that, you know, they just attended church because it was what they were told. They were told to attend church. They were told to read their Bibles. They were told. And I understand the Bible says train a child up in the way that they should go. And when they grow old, they will not depart from it. But it's important that we let the adolescents know why it is that they do the things that they do. And so that's kind of the inspiration for uh, tonight's topic. And so going back to what my mentor said, um, he was talking about when it comes to the children, you know, and these days the children are very, very rebellious out there. I see more and more children. They're given to the spirit of rebellion. They just want to do what they want to do and they want to enjoy 
the ways of their flesh. They don't want to be told they don't want to do, they can't do something. They don't want to be told, oh, you can't have sex with all these different people. They don't want to be told, oh, you can't smoke weed. You can't drink alcohol. Because if you tell them that, please understand, that's the only thing that they know importance in. Because the fact of the matter is, children go where they are valued. Children go where they are the most wanted. And they felt like there was something in the family. There was something in the church in particular that they just weren't drawn to. They didn't understand it. All they saw it was just a bunch of rules. And I, I made this point. I mentioned this point to my pastor. And, you know, he said, listen, you got to let people go through their process because the Holy Spirit has a specific time frame of intercession planned exactly for them. Like, what if David spoke to Nathan too soon? David would not have received the message, and Nathan would have given it at the wrong time. And so, you know, Nathan, Nathan, you know, he might have suffered a harsher penalty from David if the message wasn't given at the right moment in the right time. How about Moses and the Egyptian? You know, you got to understand, when it came to those days in Egypt in the book of Exodus, you know, seeing slaves beaten and whipped, that was something that happened quite frequently. Because when you're a slave, you're bound to be whipped, you're bound to be punished, and you're bound to be tortured. So why didn't Moses kill the Egyptians some other time? You know, this was something that he always saw. You know, why did, why was Mo, Moses urged to kill the Egyptian right then and there? You know, children of Yah, this is something that we have to think about. And so this is the point that my mentor was talking about, about letting people's process unfold so that the spirit can intercede when the time is right for the spirit to intercede. And so children of Yah, that spurred me into thinking of what I went through in uh, my adolescence. You know, the number of years I experienced were like most believers, they were full of loneliness, full of darkness, full of fear, full of torment, full of sadness, depression. And I had no one. And I, and with children, when I say no one, I mean no one. I had no one to remind me of the glory of Christ or who I was in the spirit. Yes, I did go to church when I was a kid, but I was never explained why I had to go to church. Like, why did I have to wear this hot, itchy suit? In 95 degree weather, and I have to listen to these people, you know, play their music loud, scream on the microphone, fall on the floor, do all these different theatrics. And a lot of those people, a lot of the demons manifested in that church. And I went to uh, that church later on in my years when I was in the spirit and I was well privy to spiritual warfare, those demons are still there. Those demons still surround that church. And I feel the spirit of sexual immorality is there. I feel like there were many children who were violated in that church. I'm not going to say where. I'm not going to say where. It's not, it's not important. I don't even remember the name. I don't even remember the name of the church. But I know stuff like this still goes on, and I felt something wrong with the spirit in that church, I knew Jesus was not present in that church. So I will always tug at my mother's dress. 
a boot, skirt, whatever. And I would always be like, Ma, can we go now, please? I don't want to be here. There's something wrong. I don't want to be here. And years later, I knew what it was. It was because it was that apostate spirit I sensed in the church. It was that apostate spirit I sensed. And I knew, children of Yah, I knew that no one in that church could help bring me up into the Lord because there were many in that church who still had the scales over their eyes and they were deceived. I received that revelation in the Holy Spirit. I received it. And so after maybe when I was maybe about five or six or seven years old, I stopped going to church and I thought it was a a dream come true. Like I didn't have to wake up early. I could stay home in bed. I could wear my suit. And, you know, my sister and I, you know, we weren't really into going into going to church. We weren't really into it. It was like, oh, all right, why, why I got to go? Like, there's no, there's no point in going because, you know, God wasn't a really huge foundation in my life at that moment. But my mother saw the importance of going to church, but somewhere along the line that stopped. And I guess, you know, maybe that spirit got to her too. You know, maybe the loneliness got to her a little bit and maybe, you know, she just didn't find what she was looking for in that church. And, you know, I kind of wish that, you know, she stayed persistent and there's still hope for her. There's still hope for her. Amen. Because, you know, my mother, she has a beautiful gift to prophesy over the youth, especially young women, because there are a lot of young women who went through what she went through. I'm not going to put her personal business out there, but There are a lot of women who went through what she went through. And there are a lot of children. There are a lot of people. And the one thing I always saw my mother do when it came to helping people, she was always privy to the spirit of discernment. She always knew the spirits in other people. Like she always knew, like if you were in a relationship and you were, and she was listening to your problem. She was always good at telling you the kind of person you were dating. You know, there was a point in time when I was in a relationship a while back and I didn't even tell my mother anything. I didn't even tell my mother who it was. And she just kept telling me, you know, you got to be careful. This person has a very deceptive spirit. And you got to watch out. And, you know, in my stubbornness, you know, I resisted because, you know, I thought it was just another means of control. You know, I don't know why. But, you know, she was right. That was the bottom line. She was right. And I ended up breaking up with that person because I sensed that spirit of of, uh, Jezebel, that spirit of witchcraft, the manipulation. I sensed, you know, the sneakiness, the shadiness. And so my mother was always very good at that. And so I always, you know, you know, I kind of wish that she went against the grain and, you know, stay persistent um, with that because there was a long period of time where we were vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. Like we were getting beat up left and right. My mother was experiencing stuff at home. My sister was experiencing stuff in school. I was experiencing stuff in school. I was getting attacked and all I wanted to do was to just get along, play my video games, live a nice life. But for some reason, I was never allowed to do that because the devil put a mark on my life simply because I am a child 
of the Most High God. And that's what happens to most of these believers. Most of these believers, most of you who are going through the trenches and your faith is not there yet, you haven't accepted Christ yet, and people are bullying you, your family's tormenting you. You know, some of you are going through some of the craziest things with your family. I, I remember I was talking to one of my friends, and one of the craziest things that um, the Spirit gave me revelation about was that her brother wanted her uh, dead. Her brother wanted to kill her. And I thought that was crazy. And I know that she's not the only one. Like, there are many of you who are surrounded by brothers, by sisters, by cousins, aunts, uncles, who struggle with that spirit of Cain. And then when you get around them, that spirit fully manifests. And they just go to town on you. They, they just, they unload on you and you don't understand why. Like, I don't understand why my brother don't like me. My mother don't like me. My sister don't like me. This person, that person, I don't understand. I really don't. And children of Yah, I didn't understood either. So I relate to you. I really do relate to you. So going back, you know, I, I, I experienced that loneliness and that darkness and that depression. And like I said, I had no one to remind me of the glory of Christ. Even when I was in church, my mother didn't even really explain why we had to go to church. She never answered us because like I said, my mother was going through a season and I don't even think she understood. I think she just went out of duty and obligation and, uh, you know, to pay respect to my grandmother because my grandmother lived right across the street from the church. I mean, there are many reasons why this is, you know, this is what I believe, but the fact that the matter is no one really taught me. The only thing I was really taught as a kid was to say grace over my food. God bless my food. Amen. That was as simple as that. And you know what children of y'all, maybe that was enough for me to remain in the Lord's graces. You never know because that idea, you know, that believe it or not was the seed that never let me lose sight of God. Like, I had a whole bunch of bad stuff happen in my life, yes. But, you know, I refused to believe that I was truly alone. Like, 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 come on, you like, this can't be happening. No, 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 no. I refuse to believe that all of this is just coincidence. I refuse to believe that I'm just going through this. I'm just getting beat in life. I don't bully nobody. I don't hurt nobody. I refuse to believe that, that, you know, there's no one out there really watching over me. There is a, there has to be a reason for this. And it was a reason I was not privy to because it wasn't time yet. And so I think this is what my pastor was talking about when he said, you got to let people's process unfold. You got to let people experience the things they experience. But I kind of have a personal beef with that. Not, not necessarily so because I understand where he's coming from. And yes, it is biblical. You do have to let the Holy Spirit intercede when it wants to. You do have to let people's process unfold. You do have to let people build the story of their testimony so that they can share with the world. Because the book of Revelation said they overcame the devil through the blood, through the blood of the lamb and the strength of their testimony and children of Yah. This is the way it has to be with us. It's your testimony that's going to win the souls. It's your it's the blood of Jesus over your life, your spirit to overcome, your story of overcoming your devils, your strongholds. 
that's going to draw others to the calling of Jesus. Why? Because we all want to experience the freedom. We all want to experience the love. We all want to experience the joy. We all want to experience the happiness. This is what the gospel of Jesus is for. Jesus said, behold, I came to give you life and to give it abundantly. The whole verse is the thief comes to kill steal and destroy, but I came to give you life and to give it abundantly. And children of Yah, this is the whole point. In order for us to receive life, we have to kill the flesh. We have to kill this idea of being a faithful servant. We got to stop being privy to the truth and not saying nothing. We walk by our brother and sister every day. We walk by someone going through suicide and depression. And the crazy thing is we know it, but we're fearful because we don't want to appear crazy. We're afraid to walk up to someone and say, hey, excuse me, do you mind, do you mind if, I, if I pull you aside to talk to you a little bit? Like, um, do you believe in Jesus? Do you know about the gospel of Jesus? And they say, yeah, but I, I don't know why the spirit is telling me this, but the spirit is telling you not to go home tonight. Because if you go home tonight, your boyfriend wants to do something to hurt you. Oh, that's crazy that you say that because I was thinking about that the other day. The spirit is telling me, do not go and eat at that restaurant today because there is a poison in that food that's going to make a lot of people sick. Next thing you know, you see that restaurant on TV being investigated for food poisoning. These are the things that children of Yah, we're fearful to do and we're fearful to say because we're so afraid of sticking out. We know what it is to be beat up by the devil. We know what it is to live in fear, to live in torment, to live in depression, to live in sadness. We know what it is to live in all those things. And we're afraid to stand out because we don't want to be bullied. We want to live comfortable. And children, yeah, I know how it feels because I was a shy person myself. I was afraid to stand up myself. And because of that, it did not, it did, uh, let me tell you guys something. It did nothing. It did nothing to stop the attacks from coming. It did nothing to, to, to stop the bullies from picking on me at school. It did nothing from certain members of my family to, 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 to stop trying to reject me and just love on me. Because all I really wanted to do was just mind my business. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand why I was so attacked. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. And, and the thing I kept saying to myself was, I didn't ask to be here. Why am I going through all of this? And I didn't even ask to be here. And, I, and then I ended up asking God, like, God, what was even the point? What was even the point? Like, why did you even make me here if I'm going to go through all of this pain, all this torment? Mind you, children of Yah, I didn't know the gospel. I didn't know the Bible. I didn't know Jesus. So I'm just asking God, why do I keep going through these things? And God just kept making me wait and wait and wait to the tune of decades later to find out the answer till maybe the ages of 23 and 24. And it took a business opportunity for me to understand that I was different. And when you're different, people are going to clown you. When you have the living water that is Christ Jesus, when God chooses you for mission, children of Yah, by virtue of that, people are going to clown you. And it's not necessarily people. It's the spirit that controls these people. The demons know who you are, even if you don't. Understand this. The demons know who you are, even if you you don't. And so, children of y'all, I was thinking about all of this as he was talking. And I just kept saying to myself, man, I wish I had someone to, 
to tell me about this future in Christ that I would have. My, maybe my walk would have been a little bit different. Maybe my thought process wouldn't have been, would have been a little bit different because the Bible says to cast out every imagination that exalts itself against the most high God and, and chosen to, yeah, I got to tell you, I had many, many thoughts of suicide when I was a kid. I had many, many thoughts of depression when I was a kid. I had many, many thoughts that I was inadequate. I was never, ever, ever good enough because everyone I tried to get close to, I always had my feelings hurt. But little did I know that was God's protection for my life. And I know, children of Yah, that there are many, many prophets out there, some of you included, who know the futures of the youth. And I shudder to think that what if there were hundreds of prophets that I walked by every single day and all of them received the promise of Jesus Christ in their hearts. They received the spirit of Jesus Christ in their hearts and a revelation about me from God and none of them told me. They just stared at me and wondered, should I tell this kid or should I not? No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say nothing. He'll think I'm weird. And children of y'all, I can't tell you how many people, you know, they tell me later on, Shaq, the spirit of the Lord actually dropped something in my heart about you. But I didn't want to tell you because I didn't know you were going to receive it. Like, why, why, why did, why not? Why not? You know, these days I'm very, very bold about the revelation that the spirit gives me about other people. I will stop you. And I will say, excuse me, miss, excuse me, sir. I know this is random. I know this is random. But do you work, but do you blankety blank, blank, blank? Well, the spirit told, well, I'm a God for a man. Let me introduce myself. My name is Shaq. And I'm a Christian. I'm a God fearing man. And the Lord gave me a revelation about you. The Lord told me to tell you, blankety, blank, blank, blank. Yo, that's crazy. I was just thinking about that earlier today. Oh, my goodness. Praise you, Jesus. I've been, I've been waiting to hear these words. Children of y'all, a lot of people are waiting to hear some revelation from you. Some of you, you're hiding your light under a bushel. You're hiding your light under a bushel. Please understand, children of Yah, that Jesus said that you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You're the light of the world, children of Yah. You're the salt of the earth. The salt of the earth. And if you are no good, then God has no use for you has no use for you. And so I wanted to take that same logic and principle of being a faithful servant and rather rather than a fearful servant. And I wanted to apply it today's topic because children of y'all, the truth is a lot of our brothers and sisters in Christ, they know the truth. They believe in the truth but they're scared to perform it. Some of them are scared to perform it because of their desire to not rattle any cages. I've talked about this with my brothers in Christ many, many times of being fearful in the walk. Jesus said in John 14 verses 15 to 18, 
If you love me, keep my commandments. What are his two commandments? To love God and love your neighbor as you love yourselves. Those are his only two commandments. And so Jesus goes on to say in the Gospel of John 14, verses 15, 16 through 18, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And children of Yah, there are a lot of orphans for Christ out there. There are so many lost souls. I had a revelation about a girl in provocative clothing. Yes, it was disgusting. But... I said to I said to myself, man, the Holy Spirit gave me a revelation about this girl. And if I ever cross paths with this girl, I'm going to tell her what I saw in the spirit. I don't know who the picture was, but I, I always get these revelations about people. I always see the spirit of depression, the spirit of confusion, discord, obviously sexual immorality. But I see so many broken spirits and so many of these girls who dress provocatively, they are so lost and they need the help. They need the administering to. And children of Yah, we have to be bold enough to expose the darkness, not only to remind them of who they are in the spirit, but to discourage them of thinking who they are in the flesh. They know exactly who they are. They know exactly how broken they are. But will they admit it is another question, because if they can admit it, then they can receive repentance. Because the word of God says. From a confession, repentance is made unto salvation. And so they are orphans no more, and they are ready to receive the gospel. It's a lot easier to remind someone of who they are in the spirit as opposed to who we are in the flesh, because children of Yah, with the spirit comes revival, but with the flesh comes condemnation. And so it's always, if the spirit puts it in your heart to help someone receive revival by all means, by any means necessary, children of Yah, I would encourage you to push that truth out there. Because you just never know. I mean, you can, you know, what if you don't talk to someone sooner? What if you don't give them the gospel sooner than the next thing you know, you hear that they hurt themselves, that they just gave up? And children, if I had only known what I would become in my adolescence, I don't know, maybe my walk would have turned a lot different. Because here's the thing, I yearned and I begged to know what was to come of me because I was just so lost, so uncertain. I just didn't know. I didn't know what my purpose in living was. As sad as that is, I know a lot of people, a lot of you go through that where you question your existence on this earth because you think that just because God didn't do what you wanted him to do, that automatically means that he forsook you, he hates you, and there's no point in you living, but you are created 
in the image and likeness of God. And so I begged to know that. And when I finally knew, I grabbed it like it was the last crumb on the table. I grabbed it like I had been starving. I hadn't eaten for 20 years. And I see this breadcrumb and I run to it. Because it just didn't make sense. You know, I was getting attacked by anything and anyone for just minding my own business without even understanding why I was even getting attacked in the first place. You know, all I wanted to do was be le- be left alone by the bullies, but I also wanted to be loved. You know, I never had a desire to hurt or betray anyone, and I never understood the desire in others to do exactly that. Like, you know, I would see kids, certain kids get bullied, like, man, why don't you leave him alone? He's not doing anything to anybody. Leave him alone. But I knew what it was. It was the demons inside of each and every one of these bullies that wanted to hurt these kids that wanted to remind them or have them think that there was no future for them and every time i think about it it makes me so angry and this is why children of y'all that the book of proverbs says to defend those who can't defend themselves to hold back those who are going to be given to death and They'll stumble to the slaughter. We got to be rescuers, children of y'all. We got to speak up sooner. We got to stand up taller. When everybody else is bowing down to the abomination, you stand up. You be the Mordecai in the group. You say, no, I'm not bowing down to you. I will never bow down to you. I will never serve you. I serve the most high God. That is the only one I serve. I will never bow down to the condemnation of the devil. I will never, ever, ever let a bully hurt someone else. I will always stand up for those who can't defend themselves. Always. The Spirit of the Lord gave gave me a prophecy about that. Prophetic word. Several pastors... And prophets gave me this prophetic vision of taking up a position to want to defend others. I love to protect people. I love to protect people. I love to stand up and fight for people. It could be a fight that has nothing to do with me, but I, I, I love, I, it's, just, it's something about the fear in people's eyes when, when someone wants to hurt them or harm them and I see that fear in their eyes. It just makes me so angry. It stirs something up the same way it stirred something up in Moses. And that's why he killed the Egyptian because he was tired of it. The spirit of the Lord came upon him, told him it was time. He was tired. He didn't know it yet, but he was tired of it. He was tired of the same old thing over and over. And children of the eye, you got to get to that point where you're just tired. You're tired of seeing others get hurt. You're tired of seeing others living others living in depression, in sadness, in anger. You're tired. You tell the truth and shame the devil. You tell these lost souls the truth that they are made in the image and likeness of God. Because if you don't, 
then the love of the father is not in you. You do not love your neighbor as you would love yourself. Because let me ask you something, just like you would know if something bad is going to happen to your life. Wouldn't it make sense to tell others if it was them? Wouldn't you want them to tell you? Wouldn't you want them to tell you if you were going through something that there was a promise for your life? So why wouldn't you want to tell anybody else? Ezekiel chapter 18 verses 24 through 26 says, but when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity and does according to all the abominations that the wicked man does, shall he live? All the righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered because of the unfaithfulness of which he is guilty and the sin which he has committed because of them, he shall die. Yet you say the way of the Lord is not fair. Here now, O house of Israel, is it not my way which is fair or your ways which are not fair? When a righteous man turns away from his righteousness, commits iniquity and dies in it, it is because of the iniquity which he has done that he dies. And so children of Yah, don't expect to receive a good reward if you don't speak up. You are the light of the world. And if you're a light, it's hard to hide the light in darkness. It's hard to hide the light. And light is only effective, children of Yah, whenever there's darkness. And when that Ezekiel passage says, he shall die, it's talking about a spiritual death. Being cut off from the Father. And if you continue all the days of your life being cut off from the Father, this is the death that it refers to, the second death, which is hell, the lake of fire. And children of y'all, going back to these kids, there are some kids who walked strongly with the Lord. However, you know, some of them fall away from the faith. And I know this is biblical prophecy. This is biblical prophecy because the Bible talks about a day where kids will betray their parents. They'll be rebellious. They won't listen. They're unholy. They're unforgiving. And my whole thing is with these kids or some of them, you know, some of them went to your churches, children of y'all. And my whole thing is if they were really in the faith, then you understand that it's not really something that you could turn your back on so easily because once you experience the gospel, once you experience the full, raw power of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you something. It's very, very difficult to want to relinquish that power. There is nothing in this world that can compare to it. No amount of sin, no amount of fake fulfillment from sin can compare to real fulfillment of the Holy Spirit. Romans 11, 22, 23 says, Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell severity, but toward you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. Continue in goodness, children of Yah. Continue in his goodness. Not the goodness that the devil wants you to believe, like, oh, I just got to be a good person. I don't need to be believing in Christ. I don't need to receive Jesus. I just need to be a good person. Just being a good person, that's good enough to make it into heaven. 
That's all I need. No children of Yah. But regardless of whether you were in the faith or not, the truth of the matter is, is that, like I said, you were created in the image and likeness of God, which means that God has a purpose for everyone who comes to the cross as well as everyone who doesn't because Romans eleven twenty nine says for the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. So that means that even if you walked, walked according to the law, the book of Galatians says you ran well, who hindered you? So even if you once ran well, if you didn't run, if you walk completely away from it for the next 20, 30, 40, 50 years and come back to it later on, that gift is still going to be there. That calling of God is still going to be there because just because you have a circumstances, it does not change who you are in the spirit of the Lord. It does not change who you are. A king is still a king. Let's look at the Lion King, for example. Mufasa reminded, reminded Simba that he was a king. But when Mufasa died, a symbol went into the wilderness. He went through his season of trying to figure out who he was. And he was forced to accept a future that he never wanted to accept in the first place. And in doing so, he lost his identity. But everyone else reminded him. Nala reminded him. Simba, uh, 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 Mufasa in the sky reminded him. You're still a king. You got to take your place. Pride Rock is waiting for you. And children, yeah, this is the very same thing. Let it be made known as proof that if you are alive, you are made in the image and likeness of God. You know, the Hollywood movies, they always trick you into thinking that you have to have some special quality about you in order to be chosen by God. But let me tell you something, children of Yah, this could be further, this couldn't be further from the truth because, like I said, we're all made in that same image and likeness of God. And so, that means that if you are living on this earth, by virtue of that, God knows you well enough to fit you in this generation, in this time, in this church, in this prophecy, as it continues to unfold right before our very eyes. We are living in the book of Revelation, children of y'all. Make no mistake about that. And in a certain place with a certain character, you are meant to carry out the gospel just as you are, children of Yah. You are meant to receive the doctrine of Jesus just as you are. You are meant to receive the Holy Spirit just as you are. And then you allow the Holy Spirit to mold you and change you as you do the Father's will. And it's only your character that can reach people, reach the people that only you can reach at the time that you can reach them at. Jeremiah 1.5, God said to Jeremiah, before you, I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Children of Yah, if you struggle in any one of these tribulations that I mentioned, please understand, God sanctified you before you were born. You were chosen for a purpose. Jesus said, if the world hates you, just know that it hated me first. And because I chose you, the world hates you. None of this should be a surprise, children of y'all. But we always like to act so surprised. Like, how can my family do this? How can my friends do this? How can, how can all these people betray me? All I've done is help them, be nice to them. How could they do this? This is crazy. And we harp on these things year after year, time and time again. But please understand, children of y'all, don't be surprised. It's because you're in this world, but not of it. And so for those of you who are lost in your walk, Please understand, 
that with your birth, God sold you into royal fabric, which is your priesthood in the kingdom. And children of God, this is something that should not be skimmed over lightly, as there is a real and raw power that comes with this. Job 22, 28, you will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. You have so much power and control over your dominion, children of Yah. You have so much power and control over it. You have the power to speak something into existence. You have the power to speak life into your circumstances, be it positive or negative. Let's assume for the moment it's positive and it can change right before your eyes. But here's the thing. Do you believe? Here's the thing. Do you believe? That's the whole key. Do you believe? And so this is something that every single one of us should consider. And when it comes to the lost servants that are, not, that are not aware of their identities yet, it is our duty to remind them of who they are and why they're here. You know, this whole question of what the what is the meaning of life and did blah, blah, blah. It's not some big philosophical thing like the world wants you to think it is. The main reason why we're all here is to build the gospel and advance the kingdom. And so everyone may know Jesus Christ. The reason why they forward this question of what is the meaning of life? No one knows. Blah, blah, blah. The reason why they forward this question is because they want you to question your existence in the world. When I say they, I mean the devil. I mean his demons. I mean the spirit of apostasy. They want you to question whether or not your life is meaningless or pointless. Everything in this world exists for a reason and it serves a specific purpose. A rock, for example, a rock exists to serve as the foundation to build upon the earth. Look at the meaning of rock and stone in the Bible, children of Yah. God uses rock and stone to build solid foundations. What are these? What is the home you live in built on? It's built on rock. The buildings that you go to work in every day, it's built on rock. The cars that on the roads that you drive on, the roads are built. They're made out of rock and stone. How we live is built on rock. So that is the purpose of rock. What is the purpose of a tree? The purpose of, of a tree is that it exists to provide oxygen to all the living or organisms on the planet. Every living thing on the planet. And trees, they breathe the air of life. And if, you ever, and if you ever look at a tree, I want you to do this exercise. Go outside and look at a tree. Notice how every single branch is in the shape of a Y. And every single branch, even the ones that droop down, they always touch the sky. You ever notice that? You ever notice that? I take it as a sign that the trees are worshiping Yahweh. They worship the God that created them. Is deep when you think about it. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. And so the darkness is mad that because you are the light of the world, it can't understand you. It can't be part of you because you belong to a heavenly father who has sown in you a royal priesthood. And so the only thing the darkness wants to do is to rob you of that royal priesthood so that you never walk in the spirit, but you walk according to the flesh. I'll give you guys another example. Look at the sky. The sky exists to serve as a protective barrier between the space and the planet to contain the oxygen in it. And also to send the rain that grows the food that we eat from the foundation of the rock that we live on that springs up from the earth. Everything in this world has its place, children of Yah. And so by virtue of that, if such things that you don't even think of have a place, if you don't even think about it, if they do have a place, then by virtue of that, you most certainly have a place in God's plan, regardless of how lost you think you are. Regardless. If there's anyone who was a believer and they didn't do much to remind you that you are loved by the Most High God, I do apologize that they did misrepresent the gospel of Jesus Christ because the truth of the matter is, is that this message, lost soul, lost servant, lost prophet, lost pastor, evangelist, teacher, apostle, this message is for you. And as lost as you feel, I promise you that you are not. If the sound of my voice made it to your ears, then I know that God has planted it in your heart to receive this. This episode isn't about obtaining thousands of viewers. It's about reaching the select few who need the revelation, who need the breakthrough and the intercession of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John chapter 10, 27 to 30, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. And children of God, when I was going through my desert, this was something that I wish I had heard sooner. Because like most kids, I thought that being a Christian was all about following a bunch of rules and guidelines. Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. Because the truth of the matter is there are way too many believers out there who talk a good talk in the word. But then we as kids, we see the same people doing the same exact things that they have no business doing at all. Yeah, you up there preaching the word, but I saw you flirting with the dude's wife after church. Yeah, you say you a Christian at all, but why are you smoking? Why are you drinking? Why are you partying? Why are you talking about worldly things? Why are you not telling these vessels the truth? Oh, you judgmental. Jesus said in the gospel of John, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. How else are we going to discern good from evil? We're called to judge children of Yah. We're called to judge. And so this nonsense that we're not supposed to be judgmental, we're not supposed to be condemning. 
but we tell these people the truth so that they may see the light, receive the light. Why? Because Jesus said the truth will set you free. And so going back to this, we question the faith when we were children as a whole and decided to do what we wanted to do anyways. Because nobody else is being accountable, so why should we? Not even realizing that not everyone who has accepted the doctrine of Christ carries themselves according to the ways of the spirit, but the ways of the flesh. And Revelation chapter 2 talks about such people in the dead church. Jesus says, Jesus through the Holy Spirit says in Revelation chapter 3 verses 1 through 3, and to the angel of the church in Sardis, right, these things says, he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I have come upon you. It's given in verse 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. So those of you who know the truth, I would honestly encourage you to go in the spirit and find out what the will of the Lord is. And if his will is for you to speak up sooner than children, yeah, I would strongly urge you to do so because there are young prophets, young pro, uh, pastors, evangelists, apostles, and teachers who commit suicide and hurt themselves every single day in a world of drugs, spirit of torment, spirit of fear, spirit of infirmity because of their lost identity in Christ, because they don't know who they are yet. Don't you dare walk somebody knowing the truth, walk past somebody every day, knowing the truth about, about them, but you refuse to open your mouth because of fear. Don't you dare do that. You don't know what people are going through on a daily basis, and that's why it's important to follow God's commandment to love others like we love ourselves. The gospel is not something that we are to hide under a bushel. Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, verses 21 to 23, also he said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that, sh but that it should become come to the light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. He says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, you are the light of the world. The city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That was Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. And so Jesus said in closing, we are the light of the world, children of Yah, and the light is most effective in darkness. And so we are called to find the people who are lost into the dark and lead them to the light. A Christian that refuses to tell God's people the beautiful truth is like a light hidden under a bucket. It is useless. And if you are the only one who benefits from it, the children of y'all, 
Your walk is made in vain. That is a walk made in vain. You do not have the love of the Father in you because you refuse to help God's people and it shows that you're selfish. There's a reason why God tells us to love our neighbor like we love ourselves. So, once again in closing, if the Holy Spirit tells your truth right then and there by all accounts, let the truth be known to those who are meant to hear it. There's no point in keeping it to yourself. Remember, our mission is to advance the kingdom, children of Yah, not to receive the kingdom for ourselves and not to have the evidence of that be in the works of the kingdom and others. What's the point of receiving it for yourself if you don't want to share it? It's impossible to give. It's impossible to receive love if you're afraid to give it. It's impossible. Because have you ever been around someone who loves? Have you ever been around someone who loves? What are their attitudes like? Are they loving people? That's my point. It's impossible to give love if you don't receive it. And it's impossible to receive love if you refuse to give it. It's impossible. And so those of you who are fearful in the walk, I would encourage you to ditch it. It's time. The Bible says the earth literally moans for more and more people to rise to the kingdom to rise and serve God. That's why this podcast is called Yah We Rise because God is calling for more and more of his prophets and servants to rise up out of their fear, to be made perfect in love and to allow others to know the love of the Father through us, through them. And so be bold, be strong and courageous in your walks, children of Yah. Be bold and strong. And watch what the Lord has for you. He doesn't disappoint. But that's all I have for today's episode. I pray that you guys go so in Jesus' name, go grow in Jesus' name. As always, I have new episodes coming out on a weekly basis. Don't, be, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. My handle is Yavi Rise. I just built a new Instagram page, Yavi Rise. You can also find me on Facebook. On Yavi Rice Podcast, my name is Shaquan Woody. Guys, go sow in Jesus' name. Go grow in Jesus' name. I love you all. And let's do more to let others know what is available to them through the kingdom. I love you all. God bless you all. Have a good evening. And thanks. Good night.